0: Hey, I'm Max Weisbrod, founder of Baton. I am sitting here with John Noonan, founder of Growth Plan Partners, um, which is part of the sales acceleration platform. He is a uh, fractional chief sales officer and fractional chief revenue officer. Uh, John, can you give us an a
1: elevator pitch on, on what you do in your firm? Sure. Thank you, Max. Yeah. So, uh, I spent uh, 35 years in corporate America uh, running and building high-performing sales and marketing teams, and now I've gone out on my own just 18 months ago uh, to form Growth Plan Partners. So what I do today is I help small and mid-sized businesses, and that can be anywhere from a million dollars up to $50 million, that are either struggling with sales or trying to figure out how to get to that next level quite often companies have a great product, a great idea, you know, through sheer inertia and their energy level, they get their company to some point and then they realize it becomes more and more difficult to grow sales, mainly because they haven't put a lot of the processes, the procedures, CRM systems, recording devices, or they're just not experienced with hiring professional salespeople, putting together compensation plans and things like that. So, we come in as a uh, chief revenue officer to work directly with the business owner and take full responsibility for the sales organization. We like to say, we do the work for you. You're not hiring a consultant who's going to send you a bunch of paperwork and tell you what to do. We're going to do it for you. We're going to sit down with your you know, help and guidance, determine where the main issues are. And we do a big assessment where we look at the four major areas revolving around sales performance decide what you're doing well and what needs the most work. And that's where we'll start. We'll put a prescriptive plan together for you to help you and guide you to record breaking sales ultimately. So so
0: when you're talking to a prospect, what's like the
1: pain that is is driving them to have that conversation with you and and reach out to you? Right. So you know first and foremost is just flat sales. What what happened? We were on this great trajectory growing whatever we were growing, 10, 15, 20% a year. And then all of a sudden it plateaued and it's sitting flat. And I'm putting in my 60 hours a week. I'm out of jet fuel. I can't do this by myself anymore. I need help. So that's one. Another one I, I always get a kick out of is when they say, you know, my salespeople, I, I pay them a ton of money and they're not doing what I want them to do. Okay, which for me points me right to the compensation plan because most good intelligent salespeople will do whatever it takes to make the maximum amount of commission and, and, you know, remuneration for themselves. And if that's not what you want them to do, what they're doing now, it's generally because the comp plan is motivating them to do what they're doing. So, you know, by uh, a big uh, rework of the compensation plan, we can get people moving in another direction type of thing and, uh, you know, probably have them increase their sales more than likely and increase their their happiness and productivity and keep everybody happy. So, you know, those are kind of the two things that I hear right away. Just I'm stuck, or, you know, maybe part of that stuck is also I've decided I want to sell this, or I've decided I want to build this to some level to sell it, turn it over to my heirs, whatever it happens to be. And I just don't know how to get there fast enough. So I need that expert help to come in and show me how to build a true sales and marketing organization. I think, uh, I think. You know, everybody would agree that they're
0: two. You know, the two most comforting things in a business are a healthy top of funnel and a healthy close rate. You got um, it.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, so uh, you're 18 months
1: into this new practice. Mm-hmm. Um, what drove you to make that transition? Well, as I said, 35 years in corporate America, and I truly enjoyed that. Had a, had a blast. Uh, doing that, but uh, I've logged, I believe it's 3 million miles in the air, traveling throughout my career, so you can imagine the number of soccer games and birthday parties I missed and had to make up for, mostly with airline points and hotel points to take the family on nice vacations, but uh, was just kind of done with, with the major travel, okay, and the commuting and uh, what it took to run large sales organizations that you know were national in scope. And also, um, you know, as I got up in years, I just had uh, a belief that I wanted to give back more. Okay. Uh, and this was a great opportunity, opportunity for me to take what I've learned from very large corporations and I've implemented in very large corporations and bring it down to the small and medium business that is, you know, the cornerstone of our economy. Right. I got to tell you, I've worked and finished with a couple of clients already. I've got several going now. And there's nothing more rewarding than when, you know, you finish with a client, you've you've seen this 20 30% increase in sales and the thanks that you get for it. And, you know, I, I laugh about it because the, the first client I finished with, I said, boy, this is like breaking up with a girlfriend, you know? And I said, that's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is I've raised this child and I'm sending him off to college, okay? It's like I've given you everything that I can. You have the playbook, you've got your morals, you've got the family standards, now you know how to take this to the next level on your own. So that's that's the joy I get out of it and the reason that I did it and uh, very glad that I have.
0: And when we think about like this first uh, client, first several clients, what is like the, the transformation that you're pushing them through and how do you initiate those relationships and how do you get all of that in place? Especially with 35 years, you know, in in industry, I'm sure you had like a a Rolodex of people who had started firms or or were in a position where they needed this kind of support and executive assistance. Mm -hmm.
1: True. I I, I do know a lot of people from my past industry and I've had clients from my past industries, but the majority of my business comes through referrals, okay? Through networking and partnerships, uh, my referral networks that hear the pain because it's, You know, you can't really pick up the phone and call business owners and say, are you unsatisfied with your sales? Do you not like your salespeople? It's just not an approach that works, okay? Some other trusted advisor or referral partner uh, hears the pain with this owner and says, you need to talk to John at Growth Plan Partners. I'm pretty sure he can help you. And all of my business has really come through those types of referrals, one came through a, uh, an old sales rep of mine that happened to see something I was, you know, promoting and I was giving tips and tricks on, on LinkedIn. And they said, hey, you know, I've got a, a friend that can definitely use you. Others came from referral networks and, and organizations that I'm involved in. I happen to be a Vistage member, which is the largest CEO training and consulting group in the world, you know, where other CEOs, you know, voice their needs and then others refer you into those needs.
0: And earlier you mentioned that you're a part of, uh, you know, sales acceleration. And uh, what what role do you see those systems playing, things like EOS, sales acceleration, in, in this ecosystem?
1: Well, you know, the, the, the point and, and the reason SalesX came to be was just that, right? You've got a group that is just not ready to hire or can't afford on a budget. hire a full-time fractional executive to help them out right so here's an opportunity for a fraction of the cost to bring somebody in with this type of experience to help take them through these processes now to your question of sales acceleration the reason i joined these guys is i i just like what they stood for and and how they put the organization together today what sales acceleration is is 180 of us uh across the country very highly vetted. You have to have 25 years of sales exec experience and prove it. They go back and vet and verify everything, along with personality profile and intelligence testings and things like that. Because again, we don't really bring a a pre-planned playbook to the table. Okay, it's not like we bought a McDonald's franchise and you go to you know uh, McDonald's you to learn exactly how to make the burger. Okay. We utilize our experience against best practices and tools, which the 180 of us contribute to on a regular basis. We have monthly meetings. We have annual meetings. uh, We recommend processes, procedures, tools, dashboards, scorecards, compensation plans, all the things that we learn about day to day, we share with the rest of us, okay? And then, you know, we bring those to bear and make them available to all of us. One other unique thing that we're doing a lot of right now is co-advising clients, whereby, you know everybody feels that their business is super unique and super special, right? It's it took a long time to build it. It's in a very unique uh, environment. and and that may be true, you know, but in the end, you know, sales strategy and good business strategy is good strategy, right? But they may be more comfortable with someone that already knows the business, okay? So what I've done with a couple of clients now is where maybe the clients are located near me, but they're in these very unique industries. I find a co-advisor that came out of that industry in their corporate career, and I partner with them. And then we co-work the account, where I probably act as the chief revenue officer, as I said, and manage the sales team and process but now I've got a person working with me that speaks the language, as they say, right? They understand the industry. They know what the three-letter acronyms mean. So as much as I consider myself a fast learner and, you know, I've been in a lot of different industries, that just helps speed the process and and it makes clients much more comfortable. So, you know, sales acceleration has a lot of you know, base tools that are ready to be customized for the client. Again, we don't have anything off the shelf. We don't pull the binder off and start on page one. That is not the way we work. We, we figure out through our assessment what the main needs are, and then, you know, we spend our time customizing the tools that we have for those specific needs.
0: Is this kind of like a? So, you know, I I run a a service where I support um, uh, fractional executives um, with like, you know, some of the underlying tasks and stuff that that have to happen when, you know, uh, building out your first like email sequences and all sorts of things like that. And I was very inspired by EOS, which has basically like worksheets. That play like a really critical role in, in extracting some of the critical information in order to, to make things go smoothly. Um, when you talk about tools, is it mostly that? Like, you know, spreadsheets, worksheets?
1: Yes, and processes, and then that they're customized. Like one of the first things we work on is the sales process, right? Some people are like, what the heck is a sales process? Okay. But it's basically documenting from the minute you pursue or engage a potential client or a lead, if you will, all the way through the steps that need to be taken, the vetting, the understanding of their pain points, you know, prescribing the solution to the client and then fulfilling it and turning it into a proposal and ultimately a sale. Okay. So, you know, we, we will develop and document all of those processes implement them inside a CRM system uh, and we don't care which one you have we can recommend one or use whatever whatever you have we've worked with them all and take them through those processes Now you mentioned EOS it's probably my best referral partner I have several clients that are operating under EOS we fit very well together because you know in the eOS system obviously they're looking at everything in the organization. And they look at you know what they call rocks, right? Which are the big ninety-day issues that they need to work on as they work through those processes and procedures to define what they call their VTO or their Vision Traction Organizer: who they are, how they market themselves, who's in the what seat, are they in the right seat? Tools to to uh, you know measure people's performance and, and 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 assist them type of things. And as soon as sales becomes a rock they're calling us. Either the leadership is a problem or the sales level is a problem, et cetera. They'll call us in. But you know, the simpler answer to your very first question is we have a lot of processes and procedures and, and worksheets that we go through as well. But again, and then customize it specifically for the client.
0: So when we think about these early stage businesses, Um, I I think if you're a, a founder or something, you hear early stage and you think basically like pre product market fit in, at least it's called my industry where effectively it's like before there's a reliable transformation, you know, right. That's being provided to customers. But really when, when we're talking about early stage companies and we're talking about like this one to $50 million run rate, hopefully they have like a clear why and what. Uh, in terms of operationally what they're doing in order to provide a transformation, right. So what do you see being in place usually? What is like the the state of these organizations when you come in and you take a look at what sales is currently?
1: Right. Okay. Well, if it's running under EOS, a good portion of my job is done. That's why I like working with with EOS uh, based clients because they've looked at their why and their what already, right? That's the first part of the first process to get their VTO in place. However, the non um, EOS clients, you'd be surprised how little there is. I mean, just being able, I usually for a non EOS client have to sit down and go through kind of a uh, a value proposition workshop. Okay, what is, you know, completely unique about you folks? And, you know, the first hour is painful because they simply describe the next competitor down the road, the next competitor down the road. And we've got to really drill down and say, no, very specifically, your company, what is unique about it? Because I have to understand that to translate that into marketing material and, and, and the, um, you know, the, the approaches that sales are going to make on clients. It's got to be the same. It's got to resonate. It's got to be there. Once we have that piece, then we start looking at the ideal customer avatar, I guess, as they call it today. You know, okay, so who's our best client? Who should we be going after? Who should we market ourselves to? Very few companies not running EOS, to be honest with you, have not even thought about it. You know, it's, it's really a scattergun and a machine gun type of approach as opposed to a laser focus of this is what we do well, we do it well for these types of clients, and we're going to laser market ourselves to these folks first maybe. Maybe maybe we can expand that, and we should expand that, and maybe we expand our offerings along with it. But you got to get laser focused on that at the beginning to get yourself started and get it documented. Make sure everybody understands it, everybody can speak it. You know, It's got to become part of the culture, or you're going to have a tough time being successful moving, moving forward. I'm
0: absolutely like a big adherent and proponent of EOS. Uh, we use EOS internally and for you know all the, uh, the founders out there. One of the most valuable things about EOS is that you've got an entire ecosystem of, of you know, um, supportive like implementers and uh, consultants who are able to help with it. And then additionally, there's off the shelf learning and development materials. Like uh, just like being able to hand out a book to everybody that gets you know, yeah. using the same language as everybody else in the organization, um, yeah. you know, just like just like you're saying, you know, you know, not even not even a sales manual, right? Like well, not you... even getting to the, to the point of a sales manual. It's literally just agreeing that we're going to call goals, you know, for the quarter rocks, um, right. you know, things like that. Um, yep. Because you can go into ten different. Companies, you go into Amazon, Google, Meta, whatever, and they have their in their own language. Um, right. So if you're picking off employees from those places, they're going to bring their own culture, their own language, um, mm-hmm. and it's so critical that to, to have everybody unified in order
1: to actually be able to, you know, get everything in place. You know. Yeah, agreed. And why I like EOS too, because you know the other thing is is their methodology of running meetings, right? What they call an L10 meeting. You're familiar with them, I'm sure. Uh, I run L10 sales meetings. It just makes it so easy. We've got a format. Everybody understands it. We're going to concentrate on our rocks, our issues. We're going to process them. We're going to solve them, right? IDSing, identify and and solve. And, uh, you know, everybody gets on the same page and it just starts to flow and you get so much more accomplished than just banter. You know, in meetings that drives everybody crazy and the reason they don't want to come to them, you know, and then you'll have your assignments and your tasks and you understand what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And the rest of the group is there to hold you accountable, which, as I just said, that word, that's, you know, one of the primary things that, you know, we help with when we help clients with sales, because they always talk about accountability. My salespeople, I just I can't hold them accountable. I don't know what they're doing. You know and and part of that problem is is that they're just measuring results right they're measuring after the fact um they're measuring how many proposals they did and whether they won or lost and that's great that's data you have to have you you got to learn that but they never look at the front end of the activity that's required to produce those results right how many phone calls how many emails how many customer meetings what kind of touch points are being made on a regular basis because that's really how we have to measure people early on before, you know, I work with some clients where, you know, the sales cycle could be a year. Well, you hire a salesperson, then really you're saying you don't really expect a sale for a year. Well, how the heck do you judge this person if you're not expecting a sale for a year, right? <laughs> it's it's got to be on activities right? and, and, and defining those activities and defining metrics around them that can be followed. So at least you know you're moving in the right direction that will ultimately lead to these results we've talked about.
0: I, you know, I see that in my day-to-day, right? Like um, we have to reach out to 200 people a week in order to turn that into about 12 calls, only like 5% turn into calls. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's it's dramatically less who make it mm-hmm. to a second call and dramatically less who actually close. Correct, correct. Um, so you know, if your if your conversion rate is around one two percent, um,
1: then that top of funnel needs to be very large. Uh, correct, correct, and and it's got to be blended and balanced too, because you know most companies have a you know a mixture of what we'll call whale fish and and uh, you know bait and meal fish. Right, you can't just fish for whales every day if you're not going to get one for six months on average. Okay, you've got to be catching your bait fish. You have to be, you know, catching your daily meal fish as well. So, you know, looking at that balance and and what we're going after is is a big part of the process too.
0: So, going from large teams, departments, everything in these inter- enterprise um, you know environments down to the SMB, what was like the first thing that that you know struck you, or what was the most surprising thing about making that change?
1: Well, you know, the the lack of structure and process throughout an organization, you know, being we're having this discussion about fractionals and the, yeah, I've referred several fractionals into my clients because, you know, the old adage goes, you know, when when you get a business owner to trust you, they don't just tell you the problems that you can solve. They tell you all their problems, which is good. That's what a relationship is, right? And and our value comes from, you know, our Rolodex is an experience to say, hey, that's not my End of the you know business structure. You know maybe they need a CFO or something. But I know somebody. I can recommend a couple of people or an organization that can put you in touch with the right kind of person to help you. So uh, you know, making sure that we have all of those relationships out there. We understand all the different issues revolving around the business. But back to answering your question. It's it's really the the lack of process and structure is the most striking thing that they've been as successful as they have, you know, where in corporate America, we would say we we, we we can't even come into work if we don't have this, you know, type of thing where they're just as happy to, you know, their system is a bunch of sticky notes on a wall and they make their calls and they have their Excel spreadsheets that they work from. And it works to a point. It does. But then, you know, as a company grows and expands, HR issues, you know, come into play. So do you have HR people you can work with? And, you know, do you have a good accounting staff or, you know, a fractional CFO that's guiding your way over there, operations people to help you get to the next level, on and on and on and on uh, type of thing.
0: But on a side note, isn't it just so incredible and so impressive that these people, uh, you know, these founders are able to, just through sheer force of will, Build a company that's probably, you know, a couple to several million dollars in run rate
1: with almost nothing written down. Right. Exactly. It is. Right. It's just like everybody knows it because I'm here every day and there's only 12 of us and we talk every day and everybody just knows it. Right. But as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, the necessity for documentation process and communication becomes greater and greater and greater. And that's really what a lot of us as fractionals bring to the table you know, proven systems to, you know, process, to document, set scorecards and dashboards. So everybody knows every day that they're going in the right direction. It's not happenstance.
0: So talking to um, other uh, fractional executives who are maybe having trouble, like establishing trust with those first couple of clients, getting people across the line. um,
1: what, uh, What advice do you have for them? Hmm. Good referral network. You know, uh, you've got to build a good referral network first. You know, many many of us can't simply knock on the door and or promote our wares on LinkedIn and hope the phone's going to ring. As much as you know, it's getting better and better every day, and AI is helping and and all that good stuff. The majority of it is getting out there and telling your story to others that are calling on similar clients that you're targeting. Okay. You know, you got to be careful with your networking groups and and the organizations that you belong to. You know, obviously, if you're B2B, don't get stuck in a B2C networking group because you're going to waste a ton of time. You might make some great friendships, but you're really not going to be able to help them. They're not going to be able to help you. So I'm strictly B2B. I focus it looking at B2B networking organizations and groups that include, you know, B2B CFOs and HR people and operations people and telling that story, being genuinely interested. You know, I'm what they call a go-giver. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but, you know, you really have to give first. That's the most important thing. You'll be surprised. It takes some time. But by giving is how you're going to receive, by, by helping others, truly understanding what they do, recommending them to other referral partners, recommending them into clients will be repaid in, in you know, multiple, multiples if done correctly. And, you know, you got to be that kind of person. You got to want to give first and help. Um, there's a great book that I still remember that I, I read. It's called Getting Naked. You know, it was all about that. It was all about, you know, being honest with your referral partners and your clients and, and giving of yourself at the beginning, proving yourself, you know, not just standing there with, well, here's my contract, sign it and I'll get started. You know, having some intelligent, deep conversations, understanding what the issues are, knowing that you can bring something to the table before you move something to the next step. But, you know, networking, networking, networking in the multiples of ways that it's done today is really where you have to put your beginning emphasis on as you start a practice. Amazing. Well, John, uh, what are the best ways for people to connect with you? Sure. Uh, two ways. Number one, hit me up on email. It's very simple. It's just j noonan J-N-O-O-N-A-N, at growthplanpartners.com, growthplanpartners.com, or uh, give me a jingle. I'm happy to take your call. If I can't pick it up right away, I'll get right back to you. And the number's 914-450-9190, 914-450-9190. <laughs>
0: I remember leaving voicemails back in, you know, back right, when exactly. and <laughs> um well, thank you so much for your time John. Thank you, Max. Um and have a great rest of your Monday. You too. Thank you.